You're listening to Get to Know World of Warships, a podcast created by Bogsy and Sinpax. Hello and welcome back to Get to Know World of Warships. This is Borla. I'm here with my co-host Bogsy. And usually Bogsy says we have a very special episode, but the fact that I'm introducing the episode tells you that it is in fact a very, <laughs> very special episode. Bogsy, would you like to tell them what our very special episode is? Yeah, so today coming up, guys, we have uh, something that we've been trying to find for, I don't know, I feel like we started looking for someone to talk about this subject since since you really joined me, maybe God, 20 It's been a couple episodes? months, yeah, yeah, it's been, been a couple few months we've talked about yeah, finding somebody. Absolutely, so we've been looking for somebody to talk about one of, I would argue, one of, uh, I, I would say the Forgotten War, kind of like the... Uh, People forget that the Russians, the Soviets, invaded northern Manchuria against the Japanese in World War II. It was kind of called the Forgotten War, um, even though it was an enormous military campaign. I think sometimes as players progress through the game, they forget about what happens from tiers one through four. Um, yeah, you know, when I started about three months ago or four months ago playing a Mikasa game every morning with my coffee, I've talked about that several times. One of the things that I noticed in Matchmaking Monitor is that I would see the same guys... And I would see guys who had thousands and thousands of battles in the same tier one, tier two, tier three ships. And I've always been fascinated in what interests people in sticking at those tiers, you know, why they're playing those, what's fun for them. Oftentimes, if they don't progress or they only progress a little bit, play higher tiers, why that is. And so we finally found somebody who has over 6,000 Black Swan games and an interesting story about the Black Swan and what he's doing today. Yeah. So, we, so we're, we're going to talk about that. On. Sorry, I didn't mean to over, overrule you. Yeah, there. go ahead. Um, so, so in a few minutes, we're going to um, drag him into the lair here and we're going to pick his brain about it. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, in the meantime, we'd like to give you guys a little update on sort of what's going on in the world of warships. And uh, I think the biggest news is, of course, that this weekend we had COTS Internationals, where the top three teams from each server, North America, uh, European Union, CIS, which is the Russian server, and the Southeast Asian server, SEA, uh, and the uh, top two, the final, the two finals were both teams from Asia. It was Panzer Vor and uh FP, oh my God, FPM. Sorry, I always keep, I always keep forgetting whether it's FMP or FML or FPM. FPM versus Panzervor, and it went uh, three to two in favor of Panzervor. Congratulations to them; they won fifteen grand American to share amongst themselves. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't help noticing that the broadcast this time was extra handsome. It was. They had Private Penguin on, and he is a handsome young uh, German man. What was there something else? Nice deflection, Bugsy. Thank you. I'm an actor. Did you know that? I've I've heard that, and I've heard <laughs> you described as dashingly handsome. Yeah. So I I was I was given the the incredible opportunity this this season of in Cots Internationals of being one of the two talking heads along with uh, Chris Santos and Mr. Conway doing pre and post game analysis of Cots Internationals. I was joined by Private Penguin, uh, also known as Pingu from the European Union. He's a Dutch, excuse me, not Dutch, he's a German uh, community contributor. Uh, we got to do some replay analysis on the official Wargaming Twitch stream. It was an absolute pleasure being able to do that. Um, and then uh, after that, <clears throat> I was even given the opportunity to Sunday afternoon uh, play two hours 
on the official like play with my stream going to the official wargaming twitch server uh with the north american community managers it was just it was a great weekend um for my twitch stream as well as obviously for uh, worships in general as, as i thought cots went really really well this week uh, or this excuse me this season now that wargaming has uh taken over but um en- enough about me bragging about myself we got some cool news coming up from the dev blog as well uh well i want you to tell us what's the most interesting stuff there well, I know there's a ship or two that you're especially happy to see. Repulse, we also have <laughs> repulse. They're finally making repulse. Oh, I expected uh, quite the dramatic uh, impression that that would make on you. So I noticed your face on the official stream when they mentioned <laughs> that you're quite happy. Um, we're having some changes to friendly fire. Uh, they're no friendly fire is no longer going to do damage to your teammates. You're still going to turn pink. You're still going to potentially get locked in co-op or training battles um, if you abuse it too much. But they're going to use some different mechanics for that. There's some attack aircraft changes. There's some new camos. I think the camos for the Plymouth, the Constellation, and the Yukon are another example of Wargaming's art department really knocking it out of the park. Yeah, they carry a lot of weight, the art department. Um uh, yeah, you can see it on the dev blog now that there are, in fact, camos. Um, there's a Canadian camo, which, fine, whatever. Good for you, Canada, for being Canadian. You're so goddamn nice, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the Constellation has um, an Independence Day-themed uh, uh, camo, which I believe they're also going to apply to a few other boats. I think I, I think I caught that. And then there's this funny camo called the Red Fox camo for the Plymouth, which is neither red nor fox-like. It is an orange tiger, and I, I can't tell whether this is Mr. Conway trolling us or if this is some sort of social experiment to see just how much cognitive dissonance a World of Warships player can can tolerate before they explode. But uh, the camos look really, really nice. Um, I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to the HMS Repulse. It's going to be a Tier 6 uh, British battlecruiser. It will be a battleship class but it will function much like a battlecruiser. I'm, I'm going to say that it functions a lot like a hood at tier 6. So um, it's going to have lighter armor than most. Its, it's armor is more akin to a cruiser, which is how traditionally battlecruisers uh, were built. The guns, however, are warspite guns with exceptional accuracy. So they will have six 380s of the same type as the HMS Warspite at tier 6, but they will be very, very accurate even at long range. And it will have long range up to 19 km, which is considerably farther than even the Warspite at tier 6. And um, uh, also a 31.5 knot speed, which at tier 6 for a battleship is unheard of. So uh, I, I've been wanting this for so long. If any of you listen to the podcast regularly have probably heard me... Um, whinge and bitch and whine about it but i'm really excited for it so um i think that's pretty much it we, we can have a, a more in-depth talk some other time about like the ramifications of making friendly fire not damage allies you know it's well hey that people have made the argument of well i mean you can recklessly throw torpedoes now at enemies that are close to your allies and you don't have to worry about hurting them and that's fair you know that's a fair thing um, i think that really is only an issue in competitive more so than in randoms but um, we, we should probably giddy up and move on to our guest. So I'm actually going to have uh, Borla introduce him as um, Borla made the call to the forums and found our guest. So take it away, man. 
Yeah, so we have a thread on the forums that we had talked about some topics that we wanted to discuss. We asked the listeners for ideas. We mentioned that we were looking for someone who had a lot of experience at low tiers that would be fun to talk to. And one of the people who was recommended in that thread was the Lala. And so we have the Lala here with us today who has quite an extensive black swan career in his background. Thanks for being with us today, Lala. My pleasure. So if I am looking at this correctly, you have over 6,000 games in the Black Swan. Is that accurate? On the North American server, yes. It's oh. probably between eight and 9,000 if you add the Asian, European uh, uh, servers as well, and the Russian server. So wait a minute. I, I don't think we realized this to start out with. You actually have accounts on each of the four main servers and played a lot of black game swans across the four servers? You really want to go into this? You want to know why I have my four for I have four accounts because after I had been playing for a while, I wanted to secure my name on the other servers, major servers, so that nobody else would be running around as the Lala. Now, my wife said, I don't think you have to worry about that. But that was the original reason I went and made my accounts on the other servers just to secure my name. Wow. That is awesome. And then I just played because I was there and, uh, and you know, I had a great time with, with all, all those folks. Well, so, so somewhere north of 8,000 games, maybe close to nine or 10,000 games of Black Swan total. That's amazing. A total over the four servers, yes. That's, that's great. So just to give a little rundown, you also were extremely good in the Black Swan. Your win rate's 76%, almost a 2300 PR, uh, very good stats. But I guess, can you tell us what drove you to play almost 10,000 Black Swan games? Well, I guess maybe the question may first be what drove me back to tier one i was you know tier five tier six and such but i actually went back to tier one um to practice this thing called citadel hits because i would see some people would get it and I, you know i needed something to where it was inexpensive for me to just practice shooting sections of a boat and in those days you know um the orlin all, you know, tier one was still part of the greater community and uh, i always went to drove uh, went to tier one just to, to practice that and um and such but with the swan i began to notice that there were unique characteristics with the old black swan and um and as i began to to think about my games and, and how i was playing and such like that um I began to realize that, you know, the swan would do this. Okay, the swan would do. And I began to put together, you know, a strategy that um, that worked extremely well. Now, eventually I want to get to your showdown with Flammu, which <laughs> I think everybody will find fascinating that your black swan play caught his attention. But I understand that it's been a while since you played the black swan is that right uh yes uh the black swan was um um put into coma on the the um what is it the i guess it was the 18th of august 
2018. It was well and fully killed uh, a little bit later on that year as they took away its HE and they took away its um, or its 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 AP uh, armor piercing shells and they took away its rate of fire and then they further nerfed its rate of fire and it's it is no longer uh, at all the boat that it was. Did, I'm sorry. Did you say they took they took away the a, AP completely, or H? Yes, that, no. The, the Black Swan was part of the um, um, uh, British cruiser line. Mm-hmm. British cruiser line at that time, AP only, and so you started in British cruiser tier one, AP only, and uh, and such. Well, they took that away. Um, hang on, just a second. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I've got my stuff up here. Change log, British Tier 1 Swans, gun reload time, increased from three to four seconds, AP AP shells, you know, and they talk about this. uh, She's gained a reputation for being the best dual ship uh, of her tier, and these changes designed to reduce her effectiveness, make her less attractive for experienced players. Wonder who they're talking about. (laughs) You know, I'm just reading right off. This is the, this is off of their wiki, you know, and uh, you know, they didn't mention me by name, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. You felt personally attacked. (laughs) I feel personally attacked folks. Well, you know, the black Swan was the one boat in all of warships that could, that could do, what it did um you know if, if all of my team if i have a team of 12 and it's me against nine it, it didn't matter i just uh understood okay it's me against nine let's this we can still win this so you know this is this was like your carry boat. boat at tier one basically you were able to just carry uh, an entire was, match if need be it could yeah if necessary you know that that would be fine yeah i didn't have a, but it was because i played the boat differently than other black swans or any other boats in tier one Wow. So, okay. So here's, you you touched on it briefly. Um, You mentioned that you moved up in the tiers a little bit, and then you came back down to one, specifically to practice practice citadels, which is interesting because I had never really considered the idea of practicing such a thing. When I, you know, when I went up through the, um, when I went up through the tiers and whatnot, I sort of, I guess it just sort of, it just sort of happened. Like it was, people would get citadels and i'd see it and i'd be like oh, that's what i want i want i want the big black ribbon give me give me the black ribbon um but <laughs> yeah I, I just sort of was like okay well it's it's just a function of you know aiming at the right place first that was the thing aiming at the right place at the right angle and then as time went on i learned the more nuanced parts of it like um over ap overmatch for example um ap overmatch is a big deal at you know from tiers six and up i would argue but um, you know, th- those, I, it just sort of, I just slogged through it and picked it up as I went, um, rather than really try to practice. And, and frankly, that might be, you know, that might be a thing for people to consider doing if they're really struggling. It's like, dude, go to a low tier and, and just practice how to aim properly. Um, but so you, ne- it seems like you never went back to any of the higher tiers, right? So my question for you is, uh, what, once you started practicing so much at tier one, um, what was it exactly that sort of prevented you from going back up to the higher tiers? What made you stay at tier one? Ah, okay. Well, in the earliest days of me kind of going back and spending time, first of all, I spent a lot of time in tier one co-op because I was 
in my earliest days of playing, I didn't feel like I was good enough to go to the randoms and I didn't want to saddle another a team with my poor play. So I spent a lot of time in co-op just because I didn't think that I was really good enough. I think we may uh, have just found the only considerate person in World of Warships. Borla, can we, can we, <laughs> can we please make a, make a record? We've done it. If nothing else ever comes out of this podcast, we found the only World of Warships player with empathy and uh, conscientiousness. That actually uh, cares uh, about his teammates' experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry uh, to interrupt. Please continue. No, no, no. That's fine. But you know, you you'll find some people that will not agree with you because sometimes I'm a. I won't say I'm salty, but let us just say that I put a little Tony Ciceres or something on uh, on, you know, when there's just some truly bad play. Sure. But uh, it's it, to this day, I only play destroyers in co-op because to this day I still feel I don't want to saddle a team with a bad destroyer and i am the worst destroyer player in all of the realms of warships so i i don't i don't take my destroyers i'm leveling seven of them but they're leveling in co-op because i'm just not i'm no i <laughs> team is better than what i can do I'm, I'm curious is that does that have anything to do with why you decided to stay at uh, at tier one did you feel like maybe at higher tiers you would be unfairly saddling uh you know uh a team, a team. You're burdening, I guess, a, a team at higher tiers, or was it something uh, no. else? Okay, I, I moved into the Black Swan. I started to notice some differences, and I really enjoyed the gameplay. First of all, um, I didn't like when they sectioned off tier one, and I could never, I couldn't see any other boats other than tier one. I came to be very glad about that because uh, uh, the Swan, the old Swan, in any other tier. Uh, you know, it'd be drug in a, in a failed division or something into tier two or something. Mm -hmm. Worthless, absolutely worthless. Uh, now, I used to play it with my son-in-law and he would play a tier two or whatever and I would team up with my Orlin. Even the Orlin at half health and with shells at only half, you know, half uh, of their hit. I'd still do very well in my Orlin when he would drag me in a failed division. I would sometimes in near the top uh, because the Orlin is... A lovely boat as well, but it there it it was still second to the Black Swan in the Tier One environment. But I was there mainly because I began to have fun. There was two reasons, almost three reasons for me to stay. One, you talked about seeing people with thousands of games through your matchmaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I saw in in Tier One, there was a community of players. We got to know each other. Sometimes you have to go in clans. I've never been in a clan. Um, but tier one was almost its own clan. You knew the people there. Oh, oh that's how so you doing? Oh, I haven't oh, yeah. And so, and I always had the names of the people above my boats. I In the early days, because there were um, divisions of unbeatable individuals in my early days before the Black Swan, when I was still running my Orland. And uh, I wanted to know who these people were. And I would actually warn other people on my team when I saw that division on the other team, you go there, they will kill you. And, uh, and uh, you know, and uh, I've since become friends with one of these, uh, one of these individuals. But, uh, you know, in the earliest days, um, we knew, I knew people at least because I had the names of people above their boats. That's just part of what I had all yeah. the time. And, um, and, and you got to know them, you got to talk about them, you know, and, uh, and talk with them and, uh, and such. And it is funny, uh, you know, we have this podcast today talking about Tier 1. I have not been back to Tier 1 competitive random since um, 
um, August 17th, 2018. Wow. Uh, I have the recording of my last uh, competitive game in my Black Swan. With you know, it's on my web, or on the YouTube with tons of other hundreds of others. Um, well, by but, the way, just for everybody listening, if uh, if Lala is open to it, we will absolutely include a link to that last Black Swan game because I'm going to go watch it, um, and I encourage. Anybody it's not else. very exciting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little anticlimactic. Uh, you know, I, I think I win, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not all that. But but anyway, just this last Sunday, um, I'm out of church and I have a visitation to go to. And then after the visitation, I got a, uh, a retirement party for somebody I got to go to. And then after that, I come home and I had a, about a, a, an hour and a half or so to play. So I, I'm in one of my tier nine uh, boats doing a little leveling or something like that. I don't know what it is. But anyway... It's been almost two and a half years since I've been in tier one competitive and somebody there in open chat. Hey, Lala, shouldn't you be in tier one? You know, two and a half years, <laughs> two and a half years later and I still uh, awesome. carry a reputation. But uh, but anyway, um, well, you know, I, I, it's funny. I had a question about um, I had a question about just the tier one ship choice and variety and whatnot. But I, I sure. we'll, we'll get to that later. I, I'd actually like to ask you about like. Specifically, the community, the little community that you said sort of you started to notice after a while. You said you'd start to notice the same people and and whatnot. And that's obviously the reason why Borla even wanted to, to do this was because he he as as podcast listeners will know, he plays his Mikasa game along with his coffee in the morning and farms flags. Um, and he started to notice <laughs> for, for now, things. for now. Yeah. Totally take that away. But go ahead. Right. Um, which, you know, rip earning flags from playing the game. But um I hope they come up with some other way of us actually acquiring signals instead of it's just you have to pay for them. But, uh, you know, that is what you just described there is exactly what caught Borla's attention about um, the lower tier, I guess, community. Um, right. You mentioned yeah. that, you know, people get into clans. You never got into a clan. But as time went on, you'd start to be familiar with folks who did the same thing that you did. And you'd start to develop a, a little bond with them, even if it's just recognizing saying hi um you know that social circle starts to arise even if there's no clan about it so that's correct I, because it was tier one it was only tier one and yeah. so the only people you saw were the people who made a decision not to play warships but to play tier one warships tier one because, warships right yeah, yeah because otherwise you have a, a massive community of thousands but this is a very small portion of that community that's only there and when they're there there's you know it's just yeah but it was it was it was in fact that one of my one of my uh uh videos is the video is about the conversation about the community so that you can just read the the talk over on the side oh you know? that's great okay i want to i want to include links to these things and we'll, we'll anything that lala is okay with linking we'll uh we'll throw down in the description below as we always do uh below this video or below this you know recording wherever you listen to it if it's on youtube it'll be on the you know little blurb down below the video if it's if you're listening to us on spotify or apple podcasts or anchor or what have you um, obviously it'll be in the description below but um can, can you can you give us a little taste of because we want you know we want to promote your stuff as well but we'd love to get a taste of how does that conversation go exactly when you when you guys are when the tier one crew is literally talking about who they are and why they like what they do and and sort of socially sharing how that goes what did you guys talk about what not we talked more about um <laughs> I guess it would be sometimes there was one particular uh, recording I have because I record every 
um, random battle. I don't record any of my co-ops, but and even to this day, though I haven't uploaded in maybe a year or two, but I've got tons of stuff from the upper tiers and all this kind of stuff that I think might have some interest at some time. But anyway, we would uh, a lot of times, you know, I, uh, the talk would be, uh, um, oh, Lala, you're in the same place or whatever, because on the maps, you only got two maps. I mean, six six thousand games in North America, so, and uh, you only ever saw two maps. They were <laughs> I never only, thought about that. Yeah, yeah, and they were only capture the flag. That was all. You know, it was not the not the other types of map. But Wait, so you only what? saw two maps and one battle mode. Wait, that was standard it. battle? Yeah, standard battle. Oh, that's, that's capture it. the flag. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jesus, I, I literally and, I started playing in twenty eighteen, uh, early twenty eighteen, and all of a sudden I was like did I miss something crucial here? Was there a, like, you have to capture the flag and bring it back to your side? <laughs> like, oh my God. No, okay, but, but, it literally you know, is just standard the, battle, but I got gotcha. you. Yeah, in those in those two maps, uh, depending on where I spawned on one side or the other, I had two places, in the north or the south or the east or the west that I would be. And, uh, you know, they, they talk here about the experienced players and all this kind of stuff, but I was, in my mind, I was the player that everyone wanted to face because i was almost always stopped i was almost always in the same place you could just bank on me being there if you saw lala and you saw him on the other you knew where i would be you know and sometimes other people lala i'm going to take your spot okay that's fine you do that I'll, oh my I'll god <laughs> you know and it, it and over time as people started playing a few people started playing the swan like i did most people would play the Black Swan like they played the Chang'an or, or, or any of the other boats, and you can't. You know, I had one guy one time try to come up on me and, and engage in battle the way that I engaged in battle, but he was in another boat. And uh, somebody else chimed in in open chat, you can't la-la the la-la. You know, they were trying, <laughs> That's so they were funny. trying to use my tactic against me, sure, but yeah. they were in the wrong boat. There's only one boat in all the warships that can do what that thing did. And, uh, and that's why I... I didn't matter if suddenly it was five or six against one. Okay, let's let's do this. And uh, you know, I, Krakens were nothing special to me. Hmm. Uh, they were nothing really. I mean, that's what the Black Swan of that era was. Krakens were nothing. It was just another, you know, few flags and and such. And there was there was nothing uh, extraordinary about it. Yeah, no, I've noticed some of the same conversations that you've talked about. I'm probably one of only seven people that plays warships that when a new line comes out or they reset the line for research bureau points that they actually play the low tier boats, the one or two games, you know, to go <laughs> now, like a right. I'm sure when you reset lines for research bureau, you probably free XP up to the five where you play the yeah, to get the points. Yeah. And so instead, I will sit there and I will play those games. It takes one tier one, one tier two, you know, maybe maybe a tier four or something. It takes two games but anyway. And I would notice I did it one morning and I dropped into two or three games at low tier and three or four of the human players, because there's bots at those tiers, three or four of the human players dropped into two or three of those games with me. And no matter which team they were on, they were like they had a conversation going. <laughs> and sometimes it was the stuff, yeah, sometimes it's the stuff like Lala is talking about where they were talking about the game. And sometimes it would be like, I remember one guy talking about, you know, how's your wife doing? Is she recovering? She feel better? Like they were talking about personal stuff in game chat and ran into each other often enough that they they knew what was going on. And I always thought right. it was interesting. Yeah, but, I, I had gone to Philippines for uh, for two weeks um uh to do a, a, a seminar for a uh, a church over there that that also had a a a school 
And so, you know, that was just uh, two solid weeks. And so I, I come back and I'm on there and said, you've been gone, Lala, where have you been? You know, so I, I told them things I'd done and, and all that kind of stuff. But you were missed when you weren't there. And, uh, and, and it was comfortable to see people. And you would notice some people would not show up after a while. Why? Well, they were probably running their upper tier boats and uh, got caught up with that. But it was its own community. You know, it really was and perhaps still is. I mean, I'm not down there. Yeah, haven't been for a while, but the community was what drew me uh, quite a lot as well. Well, and, and, um, I, I definitely want to ask you about about the interaction you ended up having with Flamu, who's pretty notorious, especially in the upper upper tier um more competitive competitive community yeah, yeah. community as, as he's a very outspoken very loud voice and um so i want to get to that but i do i want to sort of pick your brain a little bit and find out at tier one or even tier two i'd like to know sort of what players orient themselves around in terms of like a goal because this is this is where i really my brain sort of you know Bogsy.exe has failed and has must reboot, you know. Um, Excellent. Because, Excellent question. <laughs> because, for example, the logical progression of, of World of Warships to me in terms of how deep you want to get into it, uh, the, the logical progression is you begin in co-op. Co-op is, um, you know, you begin in co-op, you're facing bots. Then you go to um, operations. I would say operations is the next, the next skill or competitive-based um, uh, functionality because you're playing still with other people and you're playing against bots but the bots are programmed to have an objective and you have to think a bit more critically and strategically uh, rather than just facing bots and then after that comes random battles where you're up against other players who can outwit you or outplay you or however and then comes things like ranked which is a progressively more and more difficult and competitive format of essentially randoms and then finally you get clan battles which can be as competitive or as as not competitive as you want. And then you go up to something like King of the Sea, which we just got done with, which is literally the absolute most optimized top, the most optimized and the most creative teams coming together to try and beat another team who has the exact same ability. Um, so, you know, part of the way that people orient themselves as the more competitive aspect of it gets bigger is they start to find like-minded people. Um, and that's actually how we started this podcast a year ago was clans it was just get to know a world of warships clan and we wanted to find out what brought people together uh in a community to try and you know to play together whether it was we like anime or we like my little ponies we're we're bronies you know or um we're the only like in the case of qcn we're the french canadian clan you know um you know and there's just a, a variety of really interesting reasons so I, i'm confused or curious, not not confused. I'm curious to know. What's the goal yeah. of staying there? Yes. Okay. What, what do you guys orient yourselves around? Like what's perfect, perfect question. Okay, great. Right. Perfect question. The World of Warships in Tier One, where I was playing, I was willing to I'd I'd have spent five, ten bucks a month as a subscription to play the game in Tier One. Mm -hmm. Um, why? Because the community of people, the ones that were there we I would call it simple ships. And really, to, to be frank, I did not go trolling for Flamu. Uh, it was on Reddit, and I was I was very much an advocate. You know, people were complaining about carriers and the rework. And I said, why don't you come back to Tier 1 and remember why 
you started playing this game in the first place. Remember what you like? Because it was simple ships. Mm -hmm. All you got are just your guns. Uh, there's no there's no permutations. You don't have like, torpedoes. You don't have airplanes. You don't have all this. It's just you and 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 your guns and and, uh, and your wits and and such. And so the people that were there. You know, I have to talk in past tense. It may still be so. Well, that's there okay. are a lot of people, you know, but they were there because they wanted to play warships. Most people, oh, I need to progress. I need to do. And then after a while, you know, warships putting all this junk out and everything. Here's a new ship and here's a new permutation. Here's a new worthless boat, whatever. <laughs> but, when trying, what, what, but what they're trying wow. to do is they're trying to generate income off uh -huh. of people who keep wanting something new. Right. How dare but, you, you know call Bogsy's how dare no, no, you call no, no. repulse worthless? <laughs> my repulse is my baby. How dare you, sir? Apologies. If I had Look, feelings, they took be away hurt. my they took away my 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 swan. All right, so so I I can do things. But anyway, you know, but we were there because the simple warships game, you and your boat against somebody somebody's else that simple game was satisfactory it was like a like two people sitting down to checkers well what's checkers it's just a satisfying and a relaxing game now yes i had very tense games and and things of this nature but but by and large you know i i didn't have 19 things to worry about and 17 of those things i can't do anything about and i'll tell you another wonderful thing about tier one in this at least in my day uh is that I needed to depend upon myself. In the upper tiers, I can almost call any match in the first minute based upon the behavior of the of the destroyers. Huh. Within one minute, I know whether I'm in a, on a winning team or a losing team. I don't need matchmaker or any of that stuff. I pretty much can call it based I, upon the operations of destroyers. I think you do very minute. well at tier ten because we have a little friend called the Shimikaze, and we can pretty much we can pretty much determine whether we got a loss or we got a oh. win in our hands based on whether or not that Shimikaze lasts three minutes or not. Because got spoiler alert, most of the time, yeah. Shimikazes are dead in the first three minutes. Well, you well, yeah. No, I've got I got a bevy of tier ten boats, and I got one I just uh, unlocked last night. I'm not going to buy it right now because I'm cheap, so I'll wait for it. Which, which one? Which but, one did you unlock? Uh, which one? Oh, I finally uh, got Kremlin. I think. Ah, uh -huh, the Krem Krem. But I'm not going to. I'm 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 only going to play the. I only ever play my tier ten boats maybe two times, three times a year. In co-op, if possible, mm -hmm. uh, and to get whatever the prize is, whether it's steel or whatever. The snowflake thing, oh, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, that's the only time my tier 10 boats come out. I may have 10, 12, 15. I don't know how many I got. I don't care. Um, but I, I unlock them just for that. But if I really want to play uh, and have almost as much fun as I did in my Black Swan, I'll pull out my Kronstadt uh, or my Agir or, or <gasps> He likes the egg year. That's the magic word for Bogsy. That's the magic and, word. You're my new favorite person. Well, but I'm, you know, I'm a cruiser guy. And, mm -hmm. uh, and hey, I love my, all six of my tier seven Miyokos and uh, take those out from time to time. And I love my party boat. I got three uh, Omahas. And, uh, Is that the know, party boat? Oh, I, I, you never stop. If you stop dancing in an Omaha, you're dead. That's you know, hilarious. So yeah. The party boat. You know, you I, know. I just got to interject and say that for a little while there, uh, the gentleman that I mentioned earlier, Ducky Shot, he, on stream, he was actually playing all of the different variants of the Omaha. Um, he wanted to leaderboard all of the Omaha variants. <laughs> I don't remember how many games you have to play to get on the leaderboard uh, at tier five. I think it's like maybe 20 or 30 or something like that. But he wanted to get on the leaderboard um, with a good win rate and a good PR. So he's just all day long. He's playing these 
you know, these floating citadels. Uh, it was just so funny to watch him play it. But um, yeah, that's, oh, I never you, thought of it as the party boat because it never stopped well, dancing. You got it. You, hey, you quit dancing, you're dead. And uh, and so you just you just you you're, you you never you wear your keys out for your rudder, and uh, your left mouse or your left uh, fingers is numb from just holding the mouse button down. Mm -hmm. You never yeah, stop I, firing and never stop dancing. And I don't want it to be lost in all of this talk about tier one. Obviously, you you know you said you've never been in a clan and you don't participate like in the competitive side that we talked about with cots or clan battles but there's some of these mid and upper tier cruisers that you have uh 2000 pr in 1900 pr in like very respectable play in in some of those boats that you just mentioned too but they're not so, they were not the old swan <laughs> in my Kronstadt, i feel comfortable in my Kronstadt. my Kronstadt, in fact running my old orland captain but the Kronstadt, if I face, if it's a seven or eight to one, I'm probably not going to pull it out. But in the tier one swan, seven or eight opponents, that'll be fine. We just have to be a little more careful. You know, so I, we've, I just, I'm so I, I have to throw this in there, Borla. I'm so sorry. I, I just imagine, I'm imagining the day because you, you remember the specific day when they killed your baby, um, which is, it's just brilliant to me. So I'm, I have this imagination that. Wargaming took your black swan into a dark room for a couple of days and then brought out a goose. And they were like, here, here, comrade, here is your new black swan. And you're just like, brother, this is a goose. They're like, no, it's a swan. See, look, it's uh, it has uh, orange beak and black around the eyes. That is a Sharpie. You, <laughs> you took a goose, you spray painted it white, and you have put black marker on its face to make it look like a swan uh okay okay well is that how it felt like they literally they took your swan and they they well yeah it's it's not disguised when, the goose they, up? when they took the armor piercing away i mean that is how i could i have one one uh video that uh i usually my videos that i uploaded were things that came from the discussion and one guy says you know lala uh, you know how do you he says three hits and i'm dead and then his next statement is how do you do that consistently and uh, and i thought you know this would be and i have an entire hour-long video on a match that we only saw it was three on three and for the first almost 12 minutes we did not spot each other oh my god <laughs> three on three match tier one <laughs> And, and and you'll see the timer up there. The countdown timer is at 8 minutes and 30 seconds or whatever. That means 11 and a half minutes have gone by. And I have the mod that, you know, you can see if anyone's been spotted. Yeah. We had not. And and so it is when I initially spot the first guy in Orland that comes out, uh, at, you know, and we've been waiting for 11 minutes, uh, 11, 12 minutes. And and most people in tier one, you know, they'll sell back and forth. They'll hit people two, three times and, and their, their health goes down over a period of minutes, you know? And so they may play 10, 12 minutes, whatever, and be hit by a number of boats. And just finally, you know, uh, I took the first guy out in 18 seconds. Uh, he had help from a friend, but I was able to get away from that. Uh, and then his friend comes around. I take the friend out and I don't know, 11 seconds. You know, and these these are boats that are at full health, and they go from full health to dead in between 10 and 18 seconds. And that's the way I played all the time. Um, you know, I, I did not, tr I tried not to engage in long-range battles that, you know, you shoot this guy and he fades away, so you find some other target and you put some shells in it. None of that. 
when 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 I engaged in battle, it was because I was probably three kilometers or less away from you. I had my nose pointed with two thirds of my firepower, and I had armor-piercing shells that were excellent. And I could simply dispatch boats, and this is why, if I if I used my cover correctly and carefully, uh, and and I oriented my boat. Uh, it didn't matter if it was, oh, where'd my team go? It's now five against one. Okay, well, let's be a little more careful here, and off we go. And uh, and dispatch, because, you know, if I was shooting at you, that must mean I am shooting at you because you're the boat that's going to kill me because there is no other boat in your ocean but me, and I, because I'm nose to nose. I told one person one time, I said, if you want submarines in wargaming, watch the way I play, <laughs> because I was the closest thing to a, a, a cross between a destroyer and a submarine because the swan had unique capabilities all in one boat you know the ching an had a little more stealth but it had no punch um uh the eerie the eerie had massive armor the eerie is my kryptonite in my old black swan uh massive armor but it didn't have the stealth you know the swan had the stealth it had the punch it had um it had the jackrabbit acceleration um, you know, and this combination, and it had the AP shells that when I engaged in battle, you needed to die and it needed to be within five to seven, you know, 10, 15 seconds at the outside. Um, because every hit you had was going to be on me. And so I also needed that rate of fire. And depending upon how badly my boat was beaten up, I could be, sh I would be throwing shells every 2.3 seconds. Yeah. So, so anybody who's listened to the last two or three minutes has realized like the passion that you had for that boat and playing that boat is probably second only to uh, the kill steel guys know when they start asking me about steak and dry age <laughs> ribeyes and you but, know all this stuff. But but so the point I want to get at we've teased it a couple times. You were putting out content during that time period for the Black Swan on YouTube. You were streaming on Twitch. You were active on the forums and on Reddit, and you caught the attention of Flamu. So, you can you tell us the story of how you got Flamu's attention and what challenge you threw down to him? Oh well, it was. It, I'm on Reddit. I'm not. I'm not targeting him. Um, but but anyway, I'm on Reddit, and I'm. I'm. You know. I'm advocating uh, to, to just come on down to, to tier one play uh there you know because people were complaining about this that and the other and so many of their complaints were gone if you enjoy playing warships but you don't like all of the flotsam that uh that has been uh, uh jettisoned into our, our our little game here um you know tier one is pretty much free of that and uh and such and and you know well, it's no competitive and that's kind of what caught flamu's attention was you know why would you go down there there's no competitive there's no skill involved you know <laughs> what is that really you know bring it bring it on. i i'd love to have met uh flamu and uh, and his two choice clan mates bring all three of them that's 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 fine uh i knew what my boat could do uh, the two maps that I was on, I knew every part of all of those. Well, when you see them <laughs> thousands of times, um, you know, and so I, I but, you know, his issue was that there was just no ability to really uh, it, it was just all just dumb luck, you know, with with uh, high dispersion of shells and all this. And that's part of the reason I'd get this black swan to point blank range, because it was horrid as far as its uh, long range accuracy. But, you know, if I had a, an individual that was two kilometers or less, uh, I could do pretty well because I didn't try to hit the boat. I was always trying to hit a section 
of every boat that I was shooting, you know, and I knew the citadels of, of all the boats, which even the citadels are gone now. I mean, it's not the same. Uh, the Swan is not the same. And then in, in what it was an update 8.4, they took away the citadels uh, from uh, from all the boats. And then with the bots, oh gosh, I, I would go crazy, even with my old Black Swan in a, a competitive tier one environment with bots I, that was what it's just i think it's just a, a confession of uh, wargaming that they are not getting new players in you know so they're having to fill it with bots let's just it's like it's like during the covid scare and uh let's just put uh, uh, uh mannequins or or, uh, or what, what do you call those a uh, paper mache people right, know, right 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 that's just what the bots are they're just like pretend players to let's pretend that that that, that so anyway yeah, so so if I have it correctly, Flamu mentioned you on stream about that, right? I don't I don't know if he ever mentioned me on a, on a stream. It was just in the uh, course of a Reddit conversation. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back so, and no, forth. I, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but um, oh, those were the days. So let me ask you this: We do a segment on our podcast towards the end of every episode where we ask people. If they were able to get into the Wargaming offices, you can get in there. You have access to the computer. You have the ability to do one thing and one thing only. You can completely remove any ship from the game forever. Not a ship class. You can't bring a ship back. I'm, I'm sorry, you can't bring your Black Swan back. But you could sink one ship in the game. Which one would it be for Lala? Okay, so now you've asked the question that's going to bring about a lot of dead time. Um, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I have a know, delete I, button for that. Don't worry. Well, that's good. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I might have would have said the eerie, but then the eerie wasn't my challenge. Uh, you know, I, that's the one thing when the swan was up against the eerie. Um, I had to find a way to get that eerie within about a kilometer and a half of me. I had to find a way to get it at almost ninety degrees to my gun barrel for me to have a hope of citadeling an eerie, uh, you know, cause that, that was my, that was the kryptonite of the swan, but I wouldn't want to delete the boat because it was a challenge. You know, I, I had accomplished something when I had sunk the battleship of tier one. So I don't know what to tell you guys. Wow. You're going to save your answer. Keep it in reserve for later. No, huh? I, if I, if I had access to the, uh, to the servers or everything like that, I would uh, go, Hey, uh, something's wrong here because I'm not a hacker and I've got access to you. You know, you know <laughs> pick, pick things up here and up your game. But uh, I, I, I don't really have a, a this, boat. This is an a... imaginative exercise. This is, uh, this is purely for entertainment. Zero consequences or repercussions will come of this. So, if I were to just say to you, for example, because, uh, because I, I desperately want to hear this. I, you pop into your boat, you pop into Black Swan back in the day when Black Swan was king before uh, Wargaming dressed up a goose and tried to tell you it was a swan. What's a boat that you pop into battle, you see it and you go, God, I wish that boat didn't exist. Is it the Eerie? Is it your arch nemesis? Is it, uh, it Borla's Mikasa? Because you go, God damn it, I can't get near that thing. It's just going to shoot me down with secondaries. What is the boat you know that what? you absolutely hated running into? The boat. In Tier 1 there were a lot of swans that weren't very successful. Okay. I was in a boat, a black swan that was success in tier one. It was not just the boat. It was the driver. And I knew all the drivers. 
there was this guy named, I don't even know if he's still around. I think he went to Warplanes. Uh, Obama Jive was his name. And when Obama Jive was against me in his Orland, oh my gosh, uh, there's nothing, either an Erie or three Eries on the opposing team or an Orland or two with a good driver because they knew when they saw me, they just drove away. And there was just nothing nastier than Obama Jive in his Orland shaking his rear end at me. Sounds you know, to me like the Orland might be the sacrificial <laughs> well, goose here. No sense because Orland's just so blooming diminutive, hard, so hard to hit. And even at close range, they had they were just like I don't know, crazy Russians. It was more submarine than boat. There's hardly anything above water. So we'll we'll give you a, we'll give you an Orland with a good driver. How's that? Copy. Very that. good. We got him. We got him to we got him to take one down. <laughs> Took us ah. a minute, but. Well, um, well, and and for the record, Obama Jive, he had uh, I think ten thousand games in that, so he was well practiced too. Uh, yeah, the people there, they loved their boats, but most of their boats didn't change, you know. So they still, and I'd almost go back to my Orland, but I would mess up the stats because when you, if you ever saw my Orland stats, that was an Orland that faced tier two when when tier yeah, one yeah, was part yeah. of the greater, and and so that those, and I thought, oh, I don't want to, I'm just going to let those stats kind of sit there. And uh, and be what they are for that very long time ago. Fair enough, man. Very good. Well, and I have I, a I've had a few old games. I call them nostalgia time. Uh, in my early days, in my my Orland and such like that, facing tier twos, just as a matter of course, you know, not as a failed division, but when tier one was, you know, the Orland was nine thousand instead of forty five hundred when its shells did full damage instead of half damage, all that kind of mess. So. Right. Well, we really appreciate your time, Lala. Thank you very much for coming on and telling us your story. We've been looking for somebody who was passionate about those low tiers and that you definitely fit the bill. It was enjoyable yeah, talking to you. Absolutely passionate Wonderful. about that. Well, um, so what we'll do here is uh, for all of you listening, what we're going to do is we're going to include in the link uh, in the description, excuse me, include a link in the description down below. Uh, to anything that Lala would like to share with you, if it's a couple of his videos or his YouTube channel or what have you, uh, if you're interested in what the Black Swan used to be, and you're interested in kind of getting an idea of, you know, how to play a little bit more at Tier 1, just because, man, it's it's actually pretty fun going back. There's a reason why Borla and I both really like the Mikasa. Um, and even more than that, it's embarrassing on stream when I'm forced to play a low-tier boat by one of my... Uh, viewers uh earning some channel points and then forcing a low tier boat i have no idea what i'm doing and it's so funny to me that you know i can i could post up a great game in any number of tier 10s and then get down to tier one and go what in the hell just happened to me i have no idea what just happened because i don't know these <laughs> boats and i don't know how to play them right so Bogsy, right. can i I'll just do a little uh nick rendleton would call this a little humble brag sure so i recently procured the abreu Oh, through the uh, hook and by crook. Yes, 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 yes. Which has, it's a very rare tier two. And I decided for fun that I would play it the 20 times to make the leaderboard. Oh God. And I have the number one PR. I have the number one damage. And I couldn't carry a game. <laughs> like I would challenge somebody who hasn't played low tier to go down in a tier two cruiser, not a V25 or a Mikasa go down in a tier two cruiser if you're not used to it and try to carry a game 
and not saying you know you can't do it at times but it's it's with the bots and with uh human players who have six seven eight ten thousand games of practice like lala it will be a bigger challenge than you think. Uh, my my win rate in that thing is absolutely horrid. Thirty eight point one win yeah, rate. Yeah, <laughs> I was not going to say it aloud. But you have the top. Um, yeah. you have the top PR and top uh, PR, top, top damage. damage. Yeah, I'm within point zero five of top frags. Like, you know, but the win rate but is you can't awful. carry because because oh I played God. it solo. I played it solo sure, right, mostly. Right. So, but it's wow, it's hilarious. So I would challenge any of you, you know, most of our listeners are somewhat competitive, play clan bells or cods. Like I would challenge you, go dig out a tier two boat. You know, I didn't have a high point captain for it because I didn't have any high point Brazilian captains. Right, right. And go unleash yourself with a, you know, a seven or 10 point captain and see what you do. I want to point out, by the way, that just because we're talking about the leaderboard for the Almirante Abreu, uh, which is a boat, it's an extraordinarily rare boat, which is only able to be obtained when uh, the community manager for Latin America, his name is Mare Draco, he uh, can give out codes for it um, specifically. Only he can. Um, I was gifted some of those codes to give out to my community, and um, I gave one. I, I didn't ask how you got your Almirante Abreu, Borla, but um, I'll just say that uh, as, as a big thank you for being a great co-host and, and caring about this podcast, I gifted one to Borla. The top win rate players are uh, Popeye TV, who is a community contributor for Brazil. He has an 86.36% win rate in it. And the second highest win rate is Mario Draco, who has an 83% win rate. Uh, Mario Draco himself. So it's a rare boat. Uh, if you ever find yourself with a chance to grab one or enter a contest for one, go get it, because it's one of the rarest ones out there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we should wrap up here. Um, I, we'll include any links that uh, Lala would like and uh, down below. And I encourage you all to remember what it's like to play Warships A without CVs, but also the way that you did when you first started playing the game, which was down at the low tiers. Go have some fun and realize, like really make take an effort to go, how do I play these boats? Like what's the, what's the power levels of these boats comparatively? So uh, you might just remember what was fun about this game if you're frustrated or burnt out. So I used to always I had a little sig on the bottom and it just said, what can you do when this is all you got? And it was just the front end, the two the two front turrets of my boat. And that was that was my sig for years. You know, just just bring it with just the basics. Sure. Makes sense to me, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Lala. Thank you all. Yep. And um, uh, as as always, we'll be back probably next week with another episode. Uh, We like doing this for you. We appreciate every single one of you who tunes in to listen to us. We also really appreciate, uh, this happens a lot more, but a lot of times in in games now, people will say, hey, thank you for making the podcast. It's a lot of fun. And that means an enormous amount to us, uh, you know, because otherwise. I had had a guy this past week, I think I shared with you, and I'll give a shout out to uh, Shiny Trash Can from TIMT. I, I rarely play CV, but I was playing a CV game and he immediately he was in the destroyer immediately when we dropped into game and all chat i there's a message if you come after me cv i will stop listening to the podcast <laughs> and i thought that was hilarious i thought that was that was a great that's troll fantastic. on his part so yeah. yeah that stuff's fun shiny trash can we hear you we see you brother thank you for listening um other than that guys that'll be it thank you lala thank you borla and thank you all for listening we'll be back next week with uh who the hell knows we'll find something fun else for you guys to uh listen to and be entertained by uh until then you've been listening to get to know world of warships